Let's go into the Word of God. Open up your Bibles. Yeah. Go with me to Isaiah 53. We're going to be talking about healing, and someone might, you might have come and said, well, Pastor, I don't need healing. Well, then you are being instructed on how to be a healer. You're either here because you need healing from the Lord, or you're here to be able to be used by God to bring healing to others. Amen? The Bible says the believer will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It doesn't say might. It doesn't say maybe. It says they will recover. And if you receive that word, and you claim that word, as soon as you hear about someone being sick, you'd be looking at your hands like, oh, Jesus, I got something for you. You know, and, and, and I love healing. I love the healing ministry. It's so easy to bring people to Jesus when they get healed. You don't have to argue, and you don't have to try to Pull out whatever religion they have in them. No, you just have to let them taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. And, and he's, he's a good God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53 verse 5. Go and put it on the screen if you can. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes... We are healed. Say, by his stripes, we are healed. Again, by his stripes, we are healed. I want to share, uh, we're going to be speaking on this, this topic that I believe is so important for the body of Christ. I, I went and I prayed for this woman who had gotten in, in a severe car accident. Her body had been broken, and, and even though the body has, has been restored, she has full functions of her body, but yet she suffers from a lot of pain. She can't sleep correctly. She can't do the things that she used to do. Her body works, but her body's in pain. And uh, I, I, I met her, and, and I began to pray for her, and the things that were broken in her, in her life, in her body, the Lord began to heal her. She had legs that were, her back that was messed up, shoulders that were messed up, and God just began to put things back in order. How many know that God puts everything back in order, amen? He puts everything back in order. And so the Lord put everything back in order. All the pain left. The woman was so excited, giving God praise, giving God glory, just thanking God for all. She suffered years with this pain, but the Lord instantly set her free. That's our Jesus. He sets people free. Amen. After about a week, I get a message from her. She says, I'm doing great. I praise God for the miracle. I praise God for all the things the Lord has done. But I'm starting to suffer when I go to bed. I still have pain. I didn't have pain for about a week, but now it's come back. Is there something I need to do? Is there something I need to read? Don't get me wrong. I thank God for the miracle, but... It's like the, some of the symptoms are coming back. And this is a testimony. There are many that just get healed and they, they walk in the strength of God. But there's some that even after they experience the miracle, they begin to take a step back. 
and they question, did it really happen? Was it only for a moment? Was it only for a short time? I thought I was healed, but now this, this, this pain's back. And I want to address this today. I've, I've seen people who have been healed by God, couldn't walk, and they, they rise up from that wheelchair and they begin to walk. I've seen them rise up and run. But then a few weeks later, I see the person and they're back in the wheelchair. What happened? Did God not heal them? Is God's power only temporary? What happened? And this is a very honest question. It's a very honest question. And I want to address that today. The title of my message is, Keep It. Tell your neighbor, keep it. Don't lose it, keep it. Amen? I want to read Isaiah 53, verse 5 again to you. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Every one of those descriptions of him being wounded, of him being bruised, of the chastisement for our peace upon him, and by his stripes, the stripes that he took on his back, every single one of them was payment for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. These are the sins. These are the guilts. These are the shames. The chastisement for our peace, that's guilt. That's shame. Some things, you know, I thank God for, for him forgiving me for the sins. But what about the guilt? What about the shame for the things that I've done and the things I've done to hurt others? Jesus took that, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, when his body was beaten, and he was, he was whipped, and the flesh and the blood and the, 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 the muscles and the, his back was just mutilated by his stripes, that was payment for our healing. He deserved none of it. He never committed sin. The Bible says the payment of sin is death. Jesus never committed sin, so there was no death in him. But he paid the price. And so the question is, if Jesus paid the price, why do I have to pay the price? Why do I have to think that I have to go through something when the price is paid? I have to begin to accept that I am not going to be healed. I am the healed. Amen. Say, I am the healed. Because healing is not an action. Or healed is not an action. It's not describing of something that will happen to you. It is your identity. Amen. I am not the sick. I am the healed. Tell your neighbor, I'm not the sick. I am the healed. Again, I am the healed. I am the healed. And so it doesn't matter what I feel. 
It doesn't matter what I see. It cannot change my identity because my identity was established by Jesus Christ. I wasn't, I didn't earn the identity of being healed. I was just born this way. I was born again through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, I was born this way. You were born healed. That's why people that, that everything is broken in their life, but then they surrender their life to Jesus Christ. And the spirit of God comes on the inside of them. And next thing you know, joy is now restored. Peace is now restored. Things that were broken in their life, they begin to work again. And actually they become better. People who had no purpose and no destiny and wanted to kill themselves, now they want to live completely for Jesus Christ. And they are excited about the future. What happened? They were born into salvation. They were born into healing. They were born into redemption. They are not going to be healed or going to be saved. They are the saved and they are the healed. You are healed. Say, I am healed. Say, I am the healed. That's my identity. Amen. Hallelujah. That's my name. I am the healed. I am healed. Amen. Hallelujah. I've shared this testimony, but it's my testimony, so I get to share it a thousand more times. You count, and after a thousand, let me know, and I might stop. But before, when me and Veronica were, were living in Florida, working in a ministry over there, and we we're planning on coming back, Veronica came to the valley to prepare the house and prepare everything. And I stayed in Florida to close out all our affairs and move back. The very next day after she left, I woke up in the apartment and I felt pain in my chest. And I was about 30 years old. I've never felt my heart hurting. And you know, the enemy's really good at throwing a bunch of things at you and raising up the spirit of fear in your life. I started thinking, oh no, I'm having a heart attack. Oh no, something is happening in my, in my body. And I didn't even know where the hospital was. Nobody even knew where I lived. You know, we were only there for, we were there for about a year, but we were always at church, so we never had anybody come over the place. We never had any free time because I was serving, 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 serving. We worked hard. And when I felt all this, I thought, oh, no, my wife is going to come back and find me dead in this apartment. And I started thinking about the hospital and where to go. And, and I just started breathing. And then after a little while, the pain just started to get a little less. And I went to church. And for work, I was editing, doing TV programs. And I kept on thinking, what am I going to do? The pain's still there. The pain's still there. And I remember there was a clinic down the road. So I thought, I'm just going to go to the clinic and get a, a checkup. You know, I didn't have any health insurance. I didn't have any money. So I didn't want to just run into an emergency room. I, I figured I'll just go to the, the, the clinic and, you know, get a checkup. So I went over there and I said, I'm here for a checkup. 
And they said, is it for work? No. Is it for military? No. Why do you want a checkup? Well, they say you should get a checkup at least like two, once every other year. So had every other excuse. The doctor came in, began to do the checkup, but the doctor kept on asking question after question until finally I said, well, I felt a little pain in my heart, and I thought maybe I should get it checked out. Everything changed once I said that. They took me to another room. They said, take off your shirt. I'm thinking, I don't want to take off my shirt. <laughs> I've been working. I've been working out. I've been working. <laughs> Eating donuts while I'm working. I don't want to take off my shirt. <laughs> I take off my shirt. And, of course, the doctor invites nurses into there. I'm like, I definitely don't want to take off my shirt now. <laughs> and then they start putting all these sticky things all over my body and and they attached it to a machine, and it's making noises. And, I, and I'm thinking every noise is a bad noise. You know, every beep, I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. The devil's having his way with me. I'm thinking, my goodness, I might even die right here laying down on this thing. And they did all the tests. And they, they came back with a report. And the doctor says, well, all your tests look good. But that doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong. You should go to the emergency room. And I'm thinking, why do I have to take off my shirt? <laughs> so I get the report. I go back to work. And I still don't know what to do. The pain is still there. So I, I remember on Fridays, they had a healing time where all through the day, they had the elders of the church in the sanctuary. And they operated the word of God that if anyone is sick, let them come to the elders of the church. Let them pray the prayer of faith, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will make them whole. I, I said, I'm, I'm going. So the next day was Friday. I showed up. I went into the church. I filled out a little card. I wrote, I have pain in my heart. The elder of the church read it. He looked at it. He put oil in his hand. He put it on my forehead. And as soon as his hand hit me, the glory of God just knocked me out. I mean... I was under the power of God for like, like 30 minutes. I stayed on the floor in the glory of God. I had an encounter with God. It was beautiful. It was awesome. When I got up, nothing had changed. I had an encounter with God. I did everything the word of God said to be healed, but yet I still had pain in my chest. I began to talk to God. I said, God, I did everything your word said to do to receive healing. And I said, God, I still have pain here. But right now, I believe that I am healed. And that this pain is a lie. I would go about my work, go to bed. Wake up, there's a pain is shouting at me. I would say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Day after day after day, I'm healed in Jesus' name. I didn't let it change my confession. I never confessed, I am sick. I always confessed, I am healed. I didn't tell anybody about it. This was my personal battle 
with my faith. I told God, I said, God, even if I die, I would rather die on the side of faith than to doubt that I am not healed. And I solidified my faith. I am healed. I am healed. A few months passed by. We, come, we had come back home. I began to serve in the ministry. I began to preach a little bit. And I started saying, you know, Lord, if, if I'm going to preach, I need, I need power. I, I, I want to see the sick healed. And every day I'm waking up and I still got the pain in my chest. But I just, I've learned not to even respond to that pain. I just walk in strength. And I said, I just said, I want to I be used by God to heal the sick. And that was my prayer. There was an evangelist that came to the church. He was preaching and he brought out a cross. And he said, whatever you believe in God for, come and touch the cross. And when you touch the cross, believe that you receive it in Jesus' name. He taught on the woman with the issue of blood, how she touched Jesus. And so I saw that cross as, oh, that's my way of receiving. I'm going to use my faith. I'm going to touch that cross. And when I touch that cross, I'm going to begin to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. I'm going to be used in the ministry of healing. I was so excited about touching the cross. I had gotten so used to walking by faith that the pain was not even a voice in my life anymore. I was just the healed. So when I came to the altar to receive an anointing, to release healing upon others, I touched the cross and all the pain that was in my chest just went. It left. It left completely. I shared that testimony with, the, with the, the evangelist. The next day he said, Kevin, right now God's healing power is here. If anybody, if anyone's sick, come to the altar. And they came to the altar. And then he looked at me and said, Kevin, you lay hands on them. I got so excited. I've never done this before. But I've seen it done. I went down and laid hands on them. And every person I laid hands upon, upon the glory of God healed them. Amen. They were completely healed in Jesus' name. Give God praise. Amen. You have to understand that healing is not your condition. Healing is your identity. Pain, sickness is a condition. It is a, 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 a temporary moment. It is a passing storm. And you have to begin to accept your identity as you are the healed and begin to claim it and stand in faith that you are the healed. When pain comes... You have to respond to the pain with faith. You receive your inheritance by faith. And so you respond to it with faith. Everybody say faith. You walk out your faith. It's a battle. The enemy will say, oh, you've got to do this. You're not going to ever do this. You're going to be in the grave. It's funny how you wake up one more morning and you have a little pain and already you see yourself in the grave. The devil wants to kill you so that he, God can't use you. Because he knows that if you will stand in your identity of being the righteousness of God, being the saved, being the healed, 
that you are going to have an impact in this world and you're going to change people's lives and people are going to meet Jesus through your life. And so the enemy wants to destroy your ministry before it even begins. You got to tell the devil to shut up. He is a liar. That pain is a liar. It does not belong to you. And you need to begin to cast that thing out in Jesus' name. Use your faith to cast that thing out. That's where the battle is. Do you believe that you are the healed? Or do you believe that you have now become the sick? The question is, did Jesus change his identity? Because the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. You are not out of Christ. You are in Christ. And if you are in Christ, for you to be the sick, it means that Jesus has to be the sick. And he's not the sick. He overcame sin and death. He overcame, he, he went to the cross, he died for all our sickness, sins, and diseases, and, and, and he was buried in the grave, but three days later, he rose again, amen? You are not, you are not the sick, you are, you are part of the risen Savior, you are in Christ, in Jesus' name, amen? Hallelujah. And so it's a battle, you have to walk out your faith. Tell your neighbor, I'm walking out my faith. And what the battle is, it's a battle to establish the word of God in you. That's the battle. The battle is to establish that word so that no matter what comes in the future, you already walk the path and you know what the end is going to look like and it's going to be victory in Jesus' name. And so you fight that battle. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what my body feels like one day or the next. I know how to change that situation because it doesn't change my identity. I am healed. Amen? And so you have, to, you have to fight to establish your faith. Amen? Feelings are temporary. Do not allow your feelings to change your identity. It doesn't mean that you can't say that I feel pain. It doesn't mean that you deny what you are feeling in the moment. But you do not deny your identity. If... If you, listen, I believe in, I, I thank God for doctors. The Bible talks about all good things that come from the, from the Father of lights. I believe it. I believe the Lord blessed us with medicine. I believe the Lord blessed us with doctors. I believe it. But I also believe in what Jesus has done for us too, that we have supernatural healing in Jesus' name. That all things are made new. I should not, you know, I should not expect pain and suffering in my body when the Bible says he makes all things new. Amen? And so I'm not against doctors. If you got pain, then go to the doctors. Have them check you out. But then apply your faith to that thing. The doctor says something's not working. Ask the doctor what needs to work. Let them tell you. Say, thank you. Let me go talk to someone to come in agreement with me. I'm going to work this thing out by faith. That thing that couldn't work, it's going to work in Jesus' name. And you get excited. Oh, we're going to see a miracle. We're going to see a miracle. You get a bad report. Doctor says you have cancer. The test report says you have cancer. You say, praise God. I know someone that can remove those things that do not belong. And my Jesus will remove that cancer out of my life. It has to go in Jesus' name. 
What medicine can't do, my God can do. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you work out your faith. You claim your identity. You work out your faith. And you walk it out to establish that word in your life for the rest of your life. What I love about it is once it's established in your life, it's going to be your response every single time. Every single time. Hallelujah. What is that movie where, like the mama of the house, that whenever there was a problem, she would pull out some spray and just spray? Yeah. What was that? Was that Windex? Windex. They just Windex. You got pain in your knee. Right? Wait a minute. We're in South Texas. Let me give you the, the, the Mexican. Vicks. You got a problem? Put Vicks on it. Just put Vicks on it. Just. You got a problem with your marriage? Vicks on your hands. That's really funny. When me and Veronica were dating, I always knew that it, when she was like, she was sick, because I, I, would, I would see her, and she wouldn't smell like perfume, she would smell like Vicks. <laughs> and she didn't put it on herself, her mom did, just puts it all that right there. But you know, one time, someone had a problem, and they put Vicks on it, and the problem went away. And ever since then, they just realized that, hey, I'll just use that. They had faith in the Vicks. I think there's more people that have faith in Vicks than they have faith in Jesus. I want to tell you, this is not a lie. This is the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I am the light. And so it doesn't matter what, what you're going through. Jesus is the answer. Keep your identity of healing. And don't let anything change it in Jesus' name. Say, I am the healed. And so you hold on. You hold on to the word of God. Because salvation and healing is not just what you think. It is a word that's established in Scripture that becomes your thoughts and becomes the truth. It is an established, established uh, inheritance for everyone that loves Jesus Christ and surrender their life to God for you to receive. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how, how, how many times you laugh at Pastor Kevin's jokes. That does help. But it's about your faith in God. Have faith in God. Tell your neighbor, have faith in God. And so you have to hold on to the word. Hold on to your identity. Hold on to what Jesus has done for you. And watch as you begin to work out your faith. There are going to be miracles that are going to happen immediately. But then there's going to be others that you're going to have to go through a faith journey. Just be excited that you're going through a faith journey because God promises you victory every single time. 
Hallelujah. There's, you know, there's really two types of healings. There's healing for the, the lost and healing for the saved. Healing for the lost is a sign and a wonder that Jesus is alive. When I go out on the street and I begin to tell people one-on-one -on -one about Jesus, the very first thing I want to do is shake their hand, put my arm, my hand upon their shoulder, and, and somehow touch them. Why? Because I know that what's on me is going to come on them, and whatever's broken in their life, the power of God is going to flow. That devil has to go. They will tell me, I don't know what happened, but when I shook your hand, something changed. That's Jesus. He loves you. You're anointed for the preaching of the gospel. It's not to make you, oh, I'm going to have worldwide vision, worldwide ministry. No. It's to bring healing to that person that's in front of you. However God wants to use it, let me use you. But if you can't win the person on the street, you're not going to win the people that are in a crusade or people on TV. Your faith with the little, the Lord will make you rule over much. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you're in front of 10,000 people preaching the gospel in a crusade. If you can't go off that, that crusade stage and sit in a coffee shop and witness to someone who is lost, you do not know what God has for you. You don't know what it is to be a servant of the Lord. Amen. You don't build ministry on hype. You build ministry on power and anointing, authority and word. Amen. So healing for the lost is a message of the love of God. It shows them his glory and draws them into the family of God. That's why if you're going to go out and preach, go out with power. Amen. It's so much easier to win the loss with the tools that God has provided. Amen. And then healing for the saved. That's you and me. It's to keep you strong so you can keep serving God. It's very difficult to go and minister to others when your body's breaking. So use your faith. As I get older, I get stronger. I'm not going to accept this pain in my body. I command it to go in the name of Jesus. I got to go preach somewhere. And I need, I need a healthy body to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you're the saved and you need healing, begin to put your faith out there and say, Lord, you know I'm your servant. You know you put a plan and a purpose in my life. I got a job to do. So I need to be strong to do that job. So I'm claiming my healing right now in Jesus' name so that I can serve you in, with strength in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go with me to Matthew 13. Praise the Lord. Is this good? Matthew 13, beginning verse 19. Put it on the screen. <coughs> Hallelujah. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Again. Next one. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. 
For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Thank God for his word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So what did the thief come to steal? Did he, did he come to steal his healing? Did he come to steal his money? He came to steal what? The word. As we're talking about how to keep it, I'm not talking about keeping your healing. I'm talking about keeping the word. Your identity. Because if you keep the word, you keep your healing. You keep your peace. You keep your joy. You keep your, your strength. And so, how do you keep the word? Your healing. Your identity. Number one, it says you have to seek understanding. There's a lot of people that come to church or they hear the word, but they didn't prepare themselves to receive the word. They didn't take notes. They are not really interested other than they're doing their religious duty of showing up to church on Sunday morning to make mama happy. And then they leave the place. Nothing changed. Nothing different. You ask them, was it good? Yeah, it was good. But nothing was, was sown. They sat there just to be present. Matter of fact, their visit was as fruitful as an empty chair. They were there, but they weren't there. And so you have to, if you want to keep your identity, to keep your healing, to keep the word, you have to have a heart to understand. I don't want to just be preached to or taught. I need to understand this stuff. It's valuable. It's going to change my life. I need Jesus. And so you have a hunger for the word. Amen? The second, the second thing, the second way of keeping, to keep the word is you have to stay connected to Jesus. Stay connected. Tell your neighbor, stay connected. <clears throat> and that means you cannot allow others to pull you away from Christ. <clears throat> because what happens is, especially when you come to a church like, like this one, because we've been serving God for so long, we have a reputation. If your church doesn't have a reputation, they're not doing it right. Amen. And so we have great reputation and we have bad reputation. Many of it was earned. All the bad was not. The, my father used to say, every 12 people that know you, one's not going to like you. The Jesus principle. Every 12, there's a Judas. And so when we know a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of people talking good things and bad things. And so when family members and people find out that you're coming to church, the only thing that they remember is the bad things. 
because their mindset. And so they bring up all the bad things. Don't go to that church. You know, it's so funny. How many of you, that your, when your family found out that you were coming to church, that they became very religious and they wanted you to go to their church even though they don't go to their church? Let me see your hands. Wow. And they look at you. Why, why? No, no, you've got to go to this church of so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm going to talk to this minister, this minister, this minister. Oh, he, yes, you need to talk to this minister of so-and-so, of this church, of this church. And then they call the church so that they can introduce you. Oh, he left that church 10 years ago. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Because they haven't been to church in 10 years, but they want to take you because now that you got, you got holy they want to get holy. But what are they doing? What are they doing when they, when they rise up and start talking bad about church, start talking about, bad about the pastor, start talking bad about the service? Oh, they, they do those things where they speak in weird languages. They push people. I heard Pastor Kevin was a judo master, so he knew how to do it where nobody would see. <laughs> what are they doing? They are trying to steal you from receiving the word. That's what the scripture, it says that those people that come, they're the ones in verse 20. But he sees the, the seed on stony places. I'm sorry. Those who received seed by the wayside. So they're just there trying to, to pull you away. That's the wayside. You have to recognize they're, that they're not there to help you. They want, they're ashamed of themselves, so they want to keep you in sin, so they're not ashamed. Because light, listen, light always casts out darkness. And they're starting to see the light in you. And so they don't want to see the light in you because if they're going to hang around you, they're going to have to change because of the light of Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. Amen. The third, the third uh, way of keeping the word is you have to live completely for Jesus. You can't allow things and selfish ambitions to distract you. There's going to be a lot of cares that are going to rise up. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to try to pull you away from growing with God. But, you know, you cannot allow those things to pull you away. Because now that you are in Christ, you know, we are one with Christ. And for you to separate yourself and say, I'm going to work for man and money instead of working for the Lord, is for you to lose your identity. You're literally saying, God, I, I'll give you my Sundays, but I can't give you my Mondays through Wednesday or uh, through, through Saturday because that belongs to the devil so that I could do something. I got a lot of cares. I got a lot, a lot of things I need, to, I need to do. But God wants to be with you. Matter of fact, he said, cast your cares upon me for I care for you. And so you got to stay connected to Jesus. you got to stay connected. You can't allow the selfish ambitions. Listen, God wants to give you your heart's desires. Let him give it to you. You go to God and say, Father, this is what I desire. I've been working really hard to get there, but I've never been able to get there. But, Lord, I give you this desire, and I just trust your word that says that you will give me my heart's desires. 
Maybe it's a house that you've never been able to live in and you've been desiring it for your family. It's good. Watch what God will do. And listen, when God does it, he does it better than any man could do it. You don't have to sell yourself for 30 years in slavery. God will give you the strength to pay it all off in Jesus' name. Or he'll just give you keys. Amen. I know someone received it on TV. I don't know if anybody received it here, but somebody received it on TV in Jesus' name. And, you know, the promise is if you receive the word with, with good ground, say good ground, you know, which means fertile ground. Those are the people that come. I'm, I'm telling you, I could tell you when people are going to receive, they're just ready. They're ready. And you keep that. You have to work on keeping that. You come ready. The, the promise is that you're going to become fruitful. How do you know that you're fruitful? When what the Lord has done for you, God starts using you to do that for others. Next thing you know, your family is saved. Your city is saved. Your, 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 your business is saved. I mean, everywhere you go, they, people will see, oh, here comes that Holy Ghost person. That's a good place to be. That's a good reputation. Because you were once known as, here comes that drunk. Here comes that lost person. Here comes that person that wants to kill themselves. But not no more. Jesus Christ has changed your life. Your identity has changed through the word of God. You become a sign and a wonder to them. Oh, I remember they were bad. But wow, look what the Lord has done. Amen. And your testimony of the fruitfulness of the word of God in your life, that's what preaches. There's a lot of people that try to, to speak to people and they just don't want to hear it. But when they see a life change and the word of God operating your life, then they'll start saying, I, I, I need what you got. I want what you have. I'm hungry and desperate for God. Amen. And so, so you're going to be fruitful, amen? I really believe, that, you know, that's one of our confessions that God is, God, that in this church we have a lot of fruity people. Amen? amen? Fruitful of the word of God, amen? amen? Hallelujah. And so what do you do when pain arises? You speak to it. You apply the word to it. You tell it what to do. I command you to get out in Jesus' name. I do not accept pain in my knee. In the name of Jesus, I command that pain to go right now in Jesus' name. And then after you've done, you've spoken to it, then you begin to step out by faith. In Jesus, start walking. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. Amen? And don't just accept it. It might be there, but it's a passing condition. It came in one... A lot of times I'll pray for people, how did that pain happen? They'll say, I don't know, it just came. And I look at them and I say, well, then it has to go that way too. Amen. It has to go that way. Amen. You know, my father knew this. When he got in a severe accident, he got in a severe motorcycle accident. And he was in intensive care for 17 days. And every day, when he finally he could communicate, his whole plan was to escape. I can't tell you how many people in the church that went to visit my dad came to us crying because my dad convinced them 
to walk him down the stairs to the front of the hospital. And the nurses would catch him halfway through the door. Did that happen to you, Renee? It would happen all the time. And here he is, you know, hospital gown, body broken up, barely able to move, bandages all trying to get out of the hospital. He would tell, I'm not sick. I'm healed. When he finally got home, he healed more in one day of being home than all the days that he was in the hospital. Thank God for medicine. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for all those things. But when the Holy Ghost is moving upon a person's life, he'll begin to move things and put things back in order. Let them do in the physical what they need to do. But you operate in the spirit what you need to do. Because your healing is done. It's not a new miracle. Jesus did it one time at the cross. He died. And one time at the grave, he rose from the dead. So it's done. You are the healed. Amen. And so you apply the word like medicine. Amen. You apply the word like medicine. If something's going on in your life, find a word for that. Maybe it's an emotional thing. Find a word for that. Maybe you have anxiety. Find a word that comes against anxiety. It doesn't belong to you. You can't sleep. Grab the word. Apply it like medicine. Claim your identity. And tell that devil, you have to stop right now. I don't allow you to affect my life. You apply it like medicine. You become vigilant with the things of God. Because every time you grab the word, you are enforcing who you are in Christ. And you are enforcing who Christ is in you. Amen. That's why the Bible says you are a witness. Why? Because every time you go through something, there's going to be a testimony on the other side of it. And so you're going to tell people about what the Lord has done for you. Amen. I started, I mean, just everything. What does God say about that? I just believe it. I remember one time I went to go pray for some people in the, in the county jail. I was walking in, and they have this big metal door. They buzzed me in. I walked in, and before I walked in, someone behind me grabbed the door and pulled it. My hand wasn't completely away, and when he pulled it, the edge of the door sliced my thumb. Blood, all that stuff. I went, got bandages. There was no nurse or anything. I bandaged up the best I can. I went home. A few hours later, I thought maybe the blood stopped. I opened it up. It's still bleeding. I called uh, Dr. Martinez. He looked at it. He said, Kevin, you have to go to the emergency room. They, they can't even do stitches for you because you sliced all the skin off. It's on the, it, I see the tendons and I see the bone. I see all that there. And so he just dressed it real quick and, and I was heading to Valley Baptist and on my drive, I was asking God, I said, God, how can I believe you for this? And he just said, the believer will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. 
And so I put my, my hand over that bandage, that, that bandage and I said, in the name of Jesus, I speak new skin. That when they open it up, they're not going to see no blood. And it's going to be whole in Jesus' name. I'm waiting there in the emergency room. I already had a, 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 a surgeon who already looked at it and told me the outcome of it. He said, You're gonna have, they're going to have to put a skin graft just to close that wound. The doctor came out. He, they called me in the room. I, they opened up the, the bandage. He looked at me. I looked at the, my thumb and there was no more blood. He said, well, we can't do anything for you. This still has the last layer of skin there and it, it looks good. He doesn't realize what happened. A miracle took place where there was no skin. God put skin. If God could do that for me, God could do that for you. Say, I am healed. I am the healed. That's my identity in Christ Jesus. I believe it by faith. I am healed. And no devil, no sickness, no pain will cause me to let go of my identity. I am healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Did this bless you? Praise God.